This is exactly right. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, honey. And June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens. And don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the Detective Club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out. You never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Dress for less here. You guys, those tickets to the live show October 19th at the Cavern Club Theater at Casita del Campo. They're flying off the shelves like hotcakes. Uh, that's the thing that people say, right? I don't know. They're, they're, people are buying tickets and I cannot wait for the show. So if you haven't done so yet, make sure you're going to get those tickets. You can go to the Cavern Club Theater theater.com or um, my Instagram bio or it's on the Facebook group, the Facebook page, all those things. It's in Los Angeles and maybe it'll be in a city near you soon. I got a story. It was sent to me by Juanita and it is a story about a paranormal experience in college that she had. Her paranormal experience happened in college her freshman year. This is when I lived in the dorms, she says. Background on these buildings. They were built over the old ones that were destroyed in the Northridge earthquake in 1994. Oh, that was here in, in California. Okay. Word is the 6.7 quake killed students and no doubt explains all the visits that I got. I got lucky. My roommate never came home, so I had the room to myself. I was used to sleeping alone at this point. One night, I woke up really quickly, but laid there, unable to move. My eyes were wide open, and I felt like I was being stared at. I moved my head to the right, and there, staring back at me, is a college-aged guy in a red and black flannel with dark eyes and dark hair. Okay, I'm listening... His glare and stare said everything. Pay attention to me now! Okay, never mind. He's not hot anymore. I was so shook that I blinked to make sure that I wasn't dreaming. It wasn't a dream, and he was still there at my eye level, intimidating me. I blinked quickly, and he disappeared. He didn't revisit me, but I did have more experiences with lights in the shower turning off when the room's electrical box was locked in the bathroom area that was also locked. This would happen to all the roommates and would be really scary. I, I'd have soap in my hair and then the lights would shut off and it'd take your breath away for a bit. 
I felt like this guy was a prankster, but also pissed off that he died or that his homies left him or something. Maybe he didn't die in the quake, but some other college or, or tragic way. Ooh, that sounds terrible. A while later, I moved across the street from the dorms into a new apartment. This was a cinder block apartment that had roaches, drug labs, mold, shared bathrooms, upstanding neighbors, and all the accoutrements of luxury living. Oh, she's funny. I was with a friend hanging out partying, and we're hearing running up and down the halls. My friend peeks through the eye hole, and he sees no one. He sits down, and as soon as he sits down, there's a knock, and then the stairwell door slams. No running sounds. I wonder if the guy from the first dorm followed me there and was having fun pranking me. But dude, try not to be so scary about it. That came from Juanita. Today on the show, I have one of my dearest friends. He is a, a truly a, an icon of comedy and a local favorite. He's a theater, a thespian. And I hope that you see his latest work, which is called Happy Birthday, Doug. Here he is, Drew Drogi. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I am joined by a dear friend and somebody that I've been honored to share this stage with many a time, Drew Drogi. Hi, Roz. Hi, Drew. Uh, how are you, darling? Good. I spent all weekend with you. Oh, my God. In the basement of Casita del Campo. Our favorite place. Oh, my God. It kind of is my favorite place to perform. It's definitely like, my favorite place in Los Angeles just yeah. as a whole. Like, uh-huh. it's just, it's, and we have talked about it on the show that some people believe that it's haunted. You yes. may be one of them. I am actually. And firsthand experience. But the last thing I ever want to do is make people think that it's a spooky, scary place. It no, is like it's pure love. It pure is just love, love. It is gay. It is yeah. colorful. The food is delicious. Yeah. And there's so much fun, campy theater comedy it's, in and the it's basement. It's the best kept secret. It's one of the few things that I think locals know about in LA, mm-hmm. but it's not a touristy thing to go do. But it feels like such a cool underground thing to go see some weird usually drag comedy show in the basement after eating rice and beans and, yep. and drinking margaritas it's the best just it's a it's such a complete evening and it's just, such just a... like comfort food comfort comedy yes and 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 yeah and it's been there since the early 60s and Rudy Del Campo who was a dancer in West Side Story he and his wife like created the restaurant and it's in this very family place and then the theater has been the cavern club's been around since i think early 90s Mm-hmm. Mr. Dan says, and then, but the haunted story of it was that you know it used to be a like um, community. What do they call it in churches when they have like the fellowship hall? Yeah, it used to yeah. Be I think that's a conne- word for it. it wasn't a church, but it was like it was where they had it was where a church used to have dinners and like you know like covered dish suppers and all that kind of stuff. And there was a young girl who was trapped down there, and there was a fire. It was in in the basement. <clears throat> And she died down there. And so there have always been stories about a little girl down there. And our friend Selene, I don't know if you've had Selene on. We did, yeah. Okay, so I'm, I don't know if she told the story about like... There was she did a ghost hunt. Yes. and um, But she also like had a, um, a, 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 a... What is it called? A medium come in and mm-hmm. and like... Um, you know, where are my words today? And basically do a reading and say that there's energy there and it's all in this like one area. It's like back in it's it's and this will mean nothing to anyone listening to this, but you'll know exactly what I mean. Where Sam and I Sam's stand yeah. like over kind of backstage in this one little area. She said it's really heavy. So for me, what happened? We were doing the facts of life and uh, which we do an all drag version of lots of TV shows. We you and I just did the Golden Girls last weekend. And so we were doing um, In the Facts of Life, and in that particular show, everyone else plays all the girls on the show, and so they are on stage the whole time, and I was Mrs. Garrett, so I kind of popped in and out. So I had a lot of time where I was just back there by myself. And there was a number where Sam, uh, all the characters had like talent shows they're doing. I love that I'm telling this story. It's so so crazy. (laughs) So Blair, we do like a, a thing where they all have a talent show, and Blair does a tap dancing number. So it's all pre-recorded tap dancing, and Sam is pretending to do t- his own tap dancing, and it goes on for way too long, and it's clearly false, and it's comedy at its richest. And I was 
back there. And I don't know if it was something about like the noise of those tap of the tap dancing or whatever. But I heard full voice right behind me. I heard a little girl say, I want socks. What? And I turned around. I go, what? Like, I just it sounded like a little girl had come backstage behind me. And it was so clear. And I turned around. There was nobody behind me. Um, and so what is that all yeah, about? So I was like, oh, that's the ghost. And I I am not scared of ghosts. I think they're wonderful. And I like welcome the energy. So, you know, and it's sort of there's something weirdly comforting to me about that to know that like there's just there's energy around us. And even at that place, you know, it was like, yeah, I heard it full voice. And then I told Jackie, Jackie Beat was in the show. I told her about it and she was like, oh, my God, that gives me chills. And, you know. And um, and she also was like, "That's exactly what an eight-year-old girl would say. Like, I want saw it, not like hey, I'm a ghost. Yeah, I'm boo. spooky. <laughs> Look like, at me. I've got chains." <laughs> and said she is just so matter of fact. And uh, I don't know what caused it, but I I didn't feel any sort of danger at all. I just was like, "Oh, there's a girl back here." Like it, it immediately made sense to me. Wow. And um and then she probably tries on our wigs when we're not there. I bet she does. Well, Selene <laughs> also said that. A man came through because there's like another story about somebody like okay. getting shot or something. I don't, oh, I don't even know. Remember. But um, there was a man that they heard the voice say, "I want a margarita." Wow! So they well, that could fun. just be one of our drunk patrons <laughs> who comes true. to the show every week. I mean, you never know. <laughs> but so it's a, definitely a good energy. It's good energy there because. But Jackie said a few days after that happened that she got to the theater early and saw just this like something in the lighting booth, like saw activity in the lighting booth, mm. and was like, and couldn't make, couldn't place it, and what it was. And so interesting. It's yeah. so funny because I'm really. Ghosts usually like love me, but mm-hmm. uh, obviously, I, and I've worked there so many times, and I only one time. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I was just freaking myself out or if I felt a spirit, but mm-hmm. I, I'm. It's interesting that those ghosts there are kind of like mm, you're a little too thirsty for it. Like you're maybe you that's what it, it is. I, I wonder it if is. it is like you know you look for love too hard. And yeah, or like you just gotta let it happen and yeah. be aware of it, or um. I definitely don't ever, I don't know, my my other interaction, like when I moved into my old, not the place that I'm in now, but the place that I was in um, for like about six years <clears throat> in Los Feliz, I just like made peace with a ghost and then I was fine. But we had some very, I had some really weird stuff happening. What? So my place, I was in, uh, I was living in Los Feliz in an old place that I looked up and had been built in the 40s. And it had like an old, like an, old-timey ironing board that folded out of the wall with an old-timey iron that hadn't worked in forever but it was like it was it looked like some weird prop from some and and like cabinet it was really cute in there but it it was very much like you know of of the style and no one had been there for a really long time and my, my friend it was a duplex and my friend lived in the front unit and um I, when I moved in, I, I, it had been like six months since anybody had been in that place. I don't know why. The landlady was old and insane, and she just didn't – she wasn't active about getting the place filled. And I guess she had all the money she needed and just didn't need to rent the place, <laughs> I guess. Or, or people, people kept were running away. I know that, Running, well, that's, screaming. Well, that's what I was thinking because the rent was really cheap. It was a huge place. It was in Los Feliz, a great neighborhood. Yes. And I was like, this is too good to be true. And – uh, so I, when I first, um, within like, I mean, just a few weeks, maybe a month of living there, I had a light that was in my closet. I mean, I had this, well, it was a really wide apartment. And so like on the other side of the kitchen, there was a room where the washer and dryer should be, but my crazy landlady wouldn't let us have a washer and dryer hookups in there. So we just had this random mud room <laughs> off by the kitchen where I kept all my costumes. So I put, that was just like my costume room. And um, because I like to separate my costumes from my real clothes and try to remind myself that I'm a person sometimes. (laughs) I wish I had. And so it's honestly like when I was like, this is a luxury that I because I did not have not had that for many other times. And so I um, there was a random light, this light bulb that would just start turning on at, at random times. And I never pulled the switch. I never tried to turn it on, but I would... It was the kind with the string? It was the string. Mm. Like one of those string, old, raw, 
light bulb hanging out of the wall in the mudroom where I never went in. But but also I would wake up in the middle of the night and it would the light would be on. So something would wake me up, just a light popping on, and, and it was on the whole other side of the apartment. It wasn't like it was at all in my vision, but I was woken up and I had to go in there and that light would be on and I would turn it off. And that happened like at least twice, if not three times. Like at times that light would just pop on and I would wake up. Did you ever hear the like the pull? No, no. I just I would I would something would wake me up. Yeah. I don't know what it was, and then I would be like, "Oh, that light is on all the way over in the apartment." Then one night, or also middle of the night, three in the morning ish, the um, my bathtub was pouring hot water, like just full blast water blasting out of my bathtub. Wow. I mean, out of the out of the faucet. Yeah, into my bathtub, I should say. Um, and it woke me up immediately, and I was like, "Why is my bath on? Like, it's just running, now, hot, boiling hot water." Are you the kind of person that's like, and maybe it's so something going on with the water pipes, or it maybe could the electricity? Be. It's just a weird thing for that to to just start because it requires you turning the the yeah. the knob. You know, it's not like. Because it would be one thing if I couldn't get it turned off and the pipes, but I went and turned it off and it was fine. Mm. So something turned it on. But do you instantly go, okay, there might be I a ghost? I started to think, I'm wondering. Because also, like, what's the other logic? There's someone in my apartment doing things? Like, that's even crazier to me, honestly. Because, I mean, in a way, it's like, well, how did someone get in? Then I had my real moment with the ghost. And this was after all these other things had happened. I woke up in the middle of the night. I was unable to move. Um, So I was just pinned down to the bed. And there was a figure standing above me. And I don't know, male, female, I have no idea what. It it was just this shape. And I did hear there was a creak in the wood, wooden floors. And I, I heard the creak. So there was some weight of some sort involved. You it, heard the creak like walking I heard it as if someone you? was standing there. Oh, okay. And then it got on top of me, this thing, and started not really fucking me. But <laughs> okay, because like, I'm getting a little turned on uh, over yes. here. But it was like checking me out. It was like on top of me, and I felt some weight on me, but it wasn't like human weight. It was just a, it was just, it was pressure that I felt on top of me. Oh, wow. Completely checking me out. And the craziest thing in retrospect is that I wasn't scared at all. Like it, nothing about it freaked me out. Really? I just, I was very calm. I, I couldn't move and I couldn't speak, but I just tried to communicate to this thing. Cause, and I was blinking. I was seeing my apartment around because I kept thinking like, this is a dream. But I was like, no, I'm awake and I'm in a different Space. I'm trying to picture this though. Like, could you see eyeballs or just like? No, no. I just it was dark. It was in my room, but I just I felt saw the outline and like a shape of a person on top of me. Oh my god! And I just communicated like, I'm cool that you're here. If you're cool that I'm here, like we can live here together. Uh It's all fine. This is cool. Whatever you need to do right now. And then the next morning I woke up and freaked the fuck out. I was like, what happened to me last night? Well, how did it end? Did you fall asleep or it disappeared? No, it 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 it, it got off of me and and sort of disappeared and then I went and I went back to sleep. I was very calm the entire experience. Wow, you're so different than me. I don't know. I mean, I it was so strange because like I freak out at all kinds of things. And I don't know and I just and I woke up the next day and I was like, that was so strange. It was so vivid. I mean, you know, you it. I mean, I'm not going to say there's no way it, that I didn't dream the whole thing, but it felt so different. I was uh-huh. so aware and so awake and alive in that moment. And I wasn't like, um, and nothing weird like beyond that happened. And I'm seeing around my, I'm very much taking in my bedroom and I'm seeing everything. So nothing, it felt very much like it really happened. That's what scares me so much is when everything seems just as you know it, you know, in everyday life. The same thing I like about like horror movies and things. Yeah. Everything just seems normal, but there's one thing that's not supposed to be there. Right. And that's what scares me. Well, it's like why I love Nightmare on Elm Street so much because they, 
they did they were amazing with that because everything looked normal and then, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh oh shit, she's actually this dreaming. This is a right dream. Now. Yeah. But in real dreams, my dreams are never that logical. My dreams are chaotic. Nothing really makes sense. I'm never in my real space. I'm I'm always like back somewhere from my past or in some weird other thing. And it's I don't dream that logically. I don't think that logically. I don't yeah. think. And so I I this was like a whole different sort of place I was in for this mm-hmm. moment. And it was also like, I feel like even in a, in a dream, I would be really scared if something is on top of me. Yeah. And it was honestly just like checking me out, like how cats get on top of you in the middle of the night okay. and just sort of like kind of make their territory and want to, and they kind of need to establish some sort of dominance and some weird in their own mind. Uh-huh. But it doesn't feel like, you know, you're really threatening me or anything, but it was like how an animal would get on top of you and just sort of like, just sort of like check you out. Gotcha. And then, then after that happened, I never had anything else. And I lived there for six years and I never had anything else. Maybe it like was originally threatened by you. And then it had a moment where it was like, oh, OK, you're letting me know we're both safe. Yep. I'm cool to be yep. here. You're cool I know. with me not paying rent. And I, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, I did Google the place and I was like, has there been a murder here yeah. that crazy hasn't told me? about? And there was nothing. I mean, there was nothing that had that I could find online that had ever happened there because I was like, that's what I was feeling. I was like, you know. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, honey. And June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens. And don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the Detective Club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but Watch out. You never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed. But will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. I've heard stories of things like that happening to people that aren't necessarily because of um, a you know horrific death that happened in that building. Uh-huh. Sometimes it's like something you're going through in life that attracts some yes. kind of energy. Yes, um, that makes or, total sense. You know, maybe somebody had something attached to them and they gave it to you, and then it followed yeah. you home, or like yeah. it could be a lot of different things. Yeah. and it's also like I mean, you really never know. I mean, like they're legally supposed to tell you if something has happened in your space, but how do you, when things change hands with people and it's Mm -hmm. like, how would you, I mean, I'll never forget. I was at a dinner party with a friend and I think they still live there. Um, An older woman, uh, I've, I've known her husband for a while. We're like, have mutual friends. And I was talking to her one night and she was like, we, you know, and she said, I, we also live in Los Feliz and blah, blah, blah. And we're talking something about like houses and, you know, how expensive it is. And I don't know, some stupid adult conversation. And she was like, well, we really lucked out because we were able to pay cash for our house. We moved here so long ago. And she said some really low number amount of money. And uh, or maybe she didn't even tell me the amount. I don't know. But she was basically saying that. And she was like, and she goes, well, it's kind of a complicated story. She's like, because we moved here from, I think, Iran or Syria, maybe from Syria. And she was like, she was like, it was 1970. They didn't have these rules and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, we had moved to this great neighborhood and this great house. And she goes, and then weird things started happening. She's like, in our driveway, we were getting spray. People were spray painting things like we're coming back and it's not over. And 
and just these really weird cryptic messages spray painted in our driveway, and I never understood what that was. And then we were watching, let's say, 60 Minutes or something, and they were showing the house where the Mansons murdered the LaBiancas. They live in the LaBianca house. They live in the LaBianca house. Oh, wow. And she said, that's our refrigerator. That's our, we're sitting in the den where they're showing Nobody told them. And nobody told them. Well, that is like a um, stigmatized property or something, I believe is the Mm -hmm. term. We've talked about that on this podcast before, like the Amityville house. Uh Like it's uh one of those things like you have to, because also people are driving by and taking pictures in front of your house. Of course, that's that's the most annoying thing. And she thinks that the spray paint in the driveway was just was just weird fans because Manson oh, had yeah. so many fans like still. and and still has those weird people that that are not actually like members of the Manson family but are just just totally like it's cool to go and that's got to be the worst part about living in a place like that all the drive bys and people taking a picture in front of your home oh, yeah and you know well, did you know that it recently was up for sale. It was like the just, house yeah, was, it was just oh, so on maybe, the market. Oh, so maybe they, were, maybe they moved. The people yeah, there, yeah. yeah. Um, and they did a visual, um, like a open house that you uh-huh. could, or a, a digital open house that you could uh-huh. do online. Uh-huh. And so, like, of course, uh-huh. I like of course. went to see what it was like. And pretty like within like a week or two, the guy from Ghost Adventures, Zach Baggins, the ghost guy, mm. he bought the house. Wow. So they might be getting ghosty up in there. Oh wow. It's weird. But, well, I asked her about it, and she said she had no problem living there. She's like, I have no. She, just to her, it was like, it. It was like, yeah, it was. You know, this horrible thing happened there, of course, and I, I'm, I'm deeply sorry about that. But it just didn't bother her at all. So you asked her, like, are there ghosts in there? I didn't or? ask her that, but I just said, what's it like? Or and did that freak you out? Or whatever. And she's like, you know, no. I feel like you know. She's like, she's like, if you trace. I mean, also, she's from the Middle East, and I think it's a different thing where she's like. Their land is so old. I mean, their property is all so old that she's like, wherever you're going to be, something bad has probably happened in that space. So, you know, that was kind of, I think, her attitude about it. Whereas here, we're like, we're only 200 years old, so it's way less likely. But to me, I'm like, if it was like, oh, you know, somebody died tragically here, it'd be like, oh, that would, I don't know. But when someone is horrifically murdered... Yeah. And and the if if I'd known the, I don't I could not stay somewhere where I know the Manson family had been no like that's just a, that I could not be with Ugh. regardless of what I just no um, but also it's a, it's such a beautiful home too like yeah. it really is a gorgeous home when I was looking at it um, well they lived there for what forty years I guess and or more and were very content lovely people like there was no sense of like I don't think it ever. Haunted them, but good lord! Oh my god! Well, you know about the other Los Feliz murder house, right? Yes, there's. Oh, I, I mean, tell me again. There's a, a was there's it a this, doctor or yeah, a, I believe yeah. it was like a dentist. Uh-huh, and I think uh-huh. he murdered. I hope I'm getting the story right. He murdered like his wife and kids, like in the middle of the night one night, and maybe killed mm. himself. I can't mm. remember. All I know is a, a father was a dentist and a lot of murders and children and a family. And then <sighs> the house was like abandoned for years, and it was like a thing where people would like go like look in the windows or break in, and like everything had like hadn't been touched for like years. It was like the 50s or something. And then somebody. Bought Bought it recently, and then uh, shortly after living there, they moved out, and it was something that like literally was abandoned for like 40, 50 years, and then some like this young couple moves in, and then they're like, "Bye." Yeah. Well, you have to think about too when that energy is trapped in there for that long, it takes over. Yeah. And you really are an intruder. You're coming in after forty years, and like these these, you know, people are you know if they're all their spirits are trapped in there, then. Anyway, okay, yes. so okay, so you encountered okay, yes, at the Groundlings, you encountered a spirit. Or no, you know. So I have a friend who, um, who yes, who told this story on my podcast a few years ago. She um, was performing in the Groundlings. Groundlings is sketch comedy improv theater that's Legendary. been around for since 1974. And a lot of famous people have come out of there. Former podcast guest Cassandra Peterson. Yes, Cassandra Peterson was a groundling, and um, every I mean, all these SNL people from you know, uh, you know, Will Ferrell, Kristen Wiig, Melissa McCarthy, Elisa Kudrow. I mean, it's you know, a lot of people have come out of that place. And you, and and me, yes, of course. 
Um, and so anyway, there was a girl who was in the um, in the Sunday company, which they're the they they perform and put up new sketches on Sundays. And it's always a big cast. I mean, I was in it one time with 19 people and everyone's trying out new sketches every week. So you're seeing people in crazy costumes and wigs. And so sometimes it does take you a minute to check like who someone is because you okay. see your friends who you're working and writing with every week. But with a big cast and it's sometimes you're like, oh, who was that? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You look so you've transformed. So she said um, she was ironing uh, back backstage at the theater, and um, she said that somebody came up behind her wearing a really loud Hawaiian shirt and a, like, a, like a captain's hat. Sounds like a and, really fun person. And tagged her on, tapped her on the shoulder. She turned around and said she saw it in such a flash. She was like, who was that? Like, which person in the company was? Yeah. Like, and, and then ran out the back door. This person ran out the back door. And she was like, and it just hit her as like, I I literally have no idea who that was who just hit me right now. So she ran outside, followed this thing. There were people who were who were um, probably spray painting props out by the back door because that's usually where you go when you're like working on crafty things out by the theater because you're writing, putting up new sketches every week. So there were two people outside working on something. And she said, who was that that just ran out? And they said, no one, no one ran out here. And she goes, somebody just ran out the back door. I just chased him. Did she see the door open? No, because okay. she was around the corner. It's like a long corridor, like around by the thing. So she just had a moment of like, oh, pff, wait, who was that? And by that point, she saw it go that direction. Yeah. So she was running out and it's loud. And so you don't always know like the doors. I mean, it was just one of those things too. She just was like, I need to find out who that was. And so anyway, she told this ghost story and I'm now here's where I don't know if it was me that thought this. I here's I immediately knew who it was. I was like, that was Phil Hartman. Oh wow. I was like, because he I, I just knew and I now I, here's the thing, I'm not sure if someone else suggested that to her in that moment, but I was like, it had to have been. Because she was saying it was definitely a ghost. Because in that point she was like, that was a ghost then, because it was no one, there was no one in the show that was dressed like that the rest of the thing. And, you know, that night in the show, and she was like, that was a ghost. And I said it had to have been Phil Hartman because um, he built the theater. He was a carpenter and actually literally built the oh, theater. Oh, wow. I where did not know he, that. And he paid for his classes. He was a carpenter and just took classes for fun on the oh side. He seemed like the and best person. Everyone says that. Everyone yeah. said he was the, the most lovely person ever. And really the Groundlings was the was the place where he was the happiest. Mm -hmm. And he was the only – he was so happy – um, friends of his who were, you know, in the who performed with him said that he was the first person to um, actually mention the Groundlings on like late night shows. When you know when he was on mm -hmm. SNL, he would go and do things and said, "I got my start at the Groundlings Theater in L.A." and said people who had come before him never really gave credit to the Groundlings like Phil did. And Phil came back and did so many things with the Groundlings, and he had such a horrible home life. Um, with yeah. with his wife and would, which ended so tragically that it would make sense that he would be that he would come back there and he'd want his energy to be at that theater where he was where he was so happy. Have there been other reports? There have been reports of ghosts there for sure, and they've had they've had paranormal, um, you know, um, Ghostbusters, whatever you call them, to go in and check there, and they've said there's a lot of energy there. Also, the Groundlings, wow. there's the worst reception ever. And they have always, they always have technical problems there. Dude, They've said it for years. Printers don't sense. work. Computers, the, the internet is so slow there. There's just energetically something weird Definitely. going on there. Wow. It was also, it used to be uh, a brothel back in the day. Well. Before, it was, it, was a, it was a flop house. And so there's also that energy there as well. So a lot of people probably came there and dumped a lot. I mean, you know, customers and employees alike who had a lot of. You know. Wow. Oh my God. I didn't even realize energy. that. But I mean, mm -hmm. every theater they say is haunted. Oh, sure. I never thought of that as like the groundlings. But yeah, of course. Yeah. It makes sense because it's also like a place where people really, you know, display their nakedest selves. Mm -hmm. They are very emotional. There's always drama. There's always highs and lows. Highs and lows. And that's, and, and it's like, and, and, 
you talk about energy, like energy doesn't really understand acting. It's like when you do a play and, you know, if I was if I had better training, I would know how to physically do things without actually emotionally putting myself through it a lot. But I don't really. I kind of really go through it a lot. And my mm-hmm. body doesn't know that I'm acting. Mm-hmm. So your body's exhausted because you're just kind of so that I mean, you know, talk about where somebody like puts all that energy into it. Of course, they're going to be a ghost are going to be. Yeah. to that of that kind of a place. Plus, there's um, like fun costumes back there. Like of you course. can put on a you know I'd captain would, I'd hat. I live in a theater. A, what kind I'll of ghost would you be? Absolutely live in a theater. Oh my god. Um, I definitely. I I don't know. I think I would be. I would be so content. Yeah. To live in a costume closet like that would just be like, so fun. That'd be the best place to be a ghost. Yeah. Would have you in all your years of. Uh, working in theaters, have you had other experiences or known of? Are there always? I mean, every theater I've worked in, there's always people they have always like, said it. stories and things, but I don't think so. Nothing that comes to mind. Growing up in South Carolina, were there uh, ghost stories and yes. urban legends? Yes. Now I, because we, I mainly grew up in North Carolina, but I did go to South. I did right. go to the beach in South Carolina. We had a beach house there, and that's where the all the they're the they're the beach stories that I grew up hearing and I mention them now and people look at me like I'm absolutely insane. But there's the Gray Man, which is a legendary like um, it's like Litchfield Beach, I want to say. Um, and that's a story, uh, countless stories that people that have been visited by the Gray Man um, when storms are coming and hurricanes and stuff. There is a figure that has come to people's doors before to beach houses. And it, it's that everyone says they can't. It's like dark and people can't make out the face. But it's like some people have described. You're gonna have listeners chiming and going. You're getting all these details wrong, but because there's somebody that knows this. Way if you more know than it, I do. put it in the Facebook it, group. Please do. Let us know, and I want to know. But he, I think he's dressed like a World War One soldier. Is is the this thing that clings in my mind from when I was a kid and when I heard. And he would warn people and say. You need to get out of here. You and your family need to get out. There's going to be a bad storm coming. And um, when people listened to him, they would leave and seek shelter somewhere else. And they would come back and houses house on gone. both both sides of them were completely wiped out and their house was fine. Oh, wow. And apparently the, the legend is if you don't listen to him, he could it could maybe destroy you, you know. So he was like this like guardian angel. Um, that oh, wow. visited so many people, and they said that we, they were they were greeted by this man in like sort of like gray, sort of fatigues, and that would to- would tell them to leave. Then there was this woman named Al, and it goes named Alice, and you could walk around the there was like a there was a, there was some other ghost about. Oh my god, I'm trying to think of what that was. Oh, growing up in Lincolnton, North Carolina. There was Sally's Bridge. Okay. Where, oh my God, this was so much fun. We would go down. Sally's Bridge was in the middle of nowhere in oh Lincoln County. Scary ass. To me, growing up in the South, there's nothing scarier than Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like, rednecks are terrifying to me. The, this oh, country yeah. is so much, the city does not scare me at all. I go into a city and I'm like, there are people everywhere. You know, my fear is like being lost in the woods. The like, woods. Oh my god! Blair like just Witch like, Project. Oh yeah, that's what was me. It? Wrong Turn. Mm. One of the scariest movies. Uh, whoa. Yeah. So it was out in the boondocks. You were out in the middle of nowhere, and it was this bridge. And apparently, the story was that um, there was a couple, and they were on their way to the prom. I don't know what high school they were or where they were going <laughs> from, but it, out and back in the day, people lived out in the country, and they would drive. 45 minutes to get to school and whatever. But a prom date and was killed like and over the bridge and she was decapitated. And so what you would do is you would go out to Sally's Bridge and turn off your car. You had to go you had to get you had to stand outside the car, turn off the car. There was something about put your keys on top of the car, some other part of the thing. And you had to walk around the car like three times or something, and you had to say, "Sally, Sally, won't you come out to play?" And you, and <laughs> oh you, God, and you so said that spooky. as you walked around the car three full times. Everyone in the car had to walk around the car. Then you would get back in the car, and your car would not start. And it happens. Why would you every want time. that? 
and we were in high school. We're like, oh my god, it's you know, it's so cool. And and it would have, and it would eventually start, but it would have, it would stall. It would take a really hard time. It would take a really long time to get your car started again. There's been talk that it's something with the like precipitation that like builds up like at night that it can get underneath your car and it can just cause your after your car's been running. Mm. I don't know. There is some science yeah, involved I'm sure to there it. Is. But it definitely your car is will stall when you when you do that. I mean, it happened. We did it like so many times. <laughs> then the other fun part about it was that the um, the Satanist of Lincoln County started hanging out by Sally's Bridge. <laughs> I never saw them, but I was obsessed. I was obsessed with Satan growing up because yeah. it was so funny to me. And it was and and we you know you grew up in the like the religious in the South and they just make you terrified of the devil and like yeah. everything is like devil worshippers live over there. Were you raised with religion? Yes, yes, I was raised Presbyterian, and but everything it's it's just in the DNA in the South where you're just you live to fear God, and the devil is always at the edges of your life ready to suck you in mm-hmm. and i loved it and i <laughs> and i was so about it and i and that's why i love horror movies i love freddy krueger and i love it was just so much frankenfurter i love mo- yes fear of like the weirdo and the freak and like you know it is it's all in those the those those heartbreaking documentaries ab- um about the um Paradise Lost. Those, oh yeah, yeah. Those stories. Those are the kids I went to high school with, and they would wear like you know Megadeth T-shirts and everything. Like you know, they're a devil worshiper. I'm like, no, they're just a nerd. <laughs> they're actually just like usually like a white trash nerd who doesn't have an outlet and probably a really cool person that I would actually like more than the popular kids. Yeah. We, you know what I mean? Like the people you're like, oh, I actually. You're just like it's just some people are goth. It's like they don't worship the devil. Yeah, they're well, just it's like hell Satan. Have you seen that? Oh, it's incredible. I loved it. I loved it too. Yeah, and it's so like, you know, um, and and I would never consider myself a Satanist or a devil worshiper. And I definitely, and I'm actually spiritual, and I have a very like I I you know I'm a very like lapsed Christian, and I believe in a lot of that. So I I don't have issues with Christianity like a lot. Of, I was raised very lax like our church was not like i'm so glad i was not raised like southern baptist or like pentecostal with the or, snakes and stuff right, oh yeah 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 <laughs> or even like you know because some of them like because that was pentecostal with the snakes but the and i definitely went to those churches with friends and i not snakes i never saw snakes but i went to the holy roller like people rolling around on the floor and screaming oh my god you're in like a um like a um shopping center and the church is just in like next to like a, a you know subway sandwiches and you know whatever and you're like oh and we're screaming and they're tambourines and there's <laughs> do you believe that when they're <clears throat> screaming like i i watch those videos sometimes i believe that i think it's like i mean first of all if it would just if people like genuinely spoke in tongues then it would just happen anywhere it wouldn't happen on sunday at 11 a.m. <laughs> conveniently in front of everyone else next to carl's junior <laughs> totally and you've planned the time but I, it's mass hysteria. It's like yeah. when people get, you know, it's like when audiences of people all laugh at the same things. And the next yep. night, the same audience does the same show. I think it's wrapped up in that. I think it's like you want to be part of a group and, for, and on a fundamental human level that if you're rolling around on the floor, it's part of it's the culture of doing that. Because otherwise that would just happen anywhere. You're right. If the yeah. Lord spoke through people that way. But I don't. I also try not to be disrespectful of that because I just I'm I'm so from that world and I and I've seen it made fun of so much and I get really irritated when liberal elite people kind of look down on that like, you know, because you know what, if that's what gets you through the day and you're mm-hmm. not hurting anybody. Now snakes is a different thing. When you're involving children and snakes, I do draw the line at that cuz yeah, people die. Yeah. Um and like, you know, drinking strychnine and all the stuff that they would do. Um, to prove and then now that's absolutely insane but you know if if it makes people feel better and they're not you know you know my biggest issue with with religion is evangelism like telling other people how to think and telling other people what to think if i Mm -hmm. but i think everyone should absolutely believe what they need to believe in order to get through the day and i don't think anyone should and i don't laugh in the face of anyone who believes anything i mean as long as you're not telling people that they're wrong for what they believe. Totally. You know? It's a good stance to have. And I think everybody has 
I, I think that the sense of community and ritual and, you know, positivity, it can it's it manifests in many different ways for people. But for a lot of people, it's religion. And right. Exactly. A lot of people and a lot of people need that structure. They need to they need to structure, feel some yeah. order in the world. I mean, I was just talking to a friend today and she was saying, you know, like safety and security is the number one thing that humans need to feel. Mm-hmm. And if they don't feel and that's why people are so scared to, you know, go on a trip that they don't know where it's going to happen. They're scared to jump out of a helicopter there, you know, or um, mm-hmm. what's it called? Um, hang gliding. Jump. What's it called? When you jump Skydiving. Out of a... Skydiving. Thank you. I'm an I idiot. I am terrified of that. Oh, same. But people are scared of doing improv because it's like, what's going to happen next? Mm-hmm. And it's like, because people need. So religion like helps people find an order and feel at peace and feel like there's some meaning in the universe. And it makes them, and I think for people to go, well, we don't need to know what the meaning is, but we need to know that there is a meaning and someone's in charge. I mean, I totally get it. I I understand. I mean, if I believe in ghosts and demons and all this shit, how can I possibly judge somebody that believes? Absolutely. You want to hear some ghost voices? Yes. All right. It's time for EVPs. Or Evie, please. So I went to YouTube and I found some just stunning EVPs just for you. (laughs) It's just special for you. So now what do I... Okay, so I'm going to play a ghost voice Uh that somebody captured and posted to YouTube. Uh And I want you to guess what this paranormal investigator believes uh, they captured a ghost saying. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. And uh, this was uploaded by Ghost Hunt Weekends. And it's at (laughs) Nickerson, Nickerson, Nickerson Sneed House, what the place is called. (laughs) Nickerson hyphen Sneed House house in Virginia. So, and that's a place? It's a place. Great. That is haunted. Okay. And they caught a voice saying this. Wait, let me turn it up just a little bit. Wait. Okay, it's real quick. It's one word, Wait, two again? syllables. I have no idea. <laughs> I have really good hearing and I can't even hear that. It sounds like a snap. Okay, I'll give you a... Well, there is a snap in there, I think, but they're saying Matt, Matt, something like that. What? Matt, Matt? Any guesses? I can give you some options. Nightmare? Nightmare. Okay, that's a good one. Here's an option. Is it A, taken? Like it could be like a Liam Neeson <laughs> okay. ghost or something. B, face mask. Because, you know, like those face masks, like, you know, those hot Instagram face masks uh, that everyone's be wearing. That much. Uh, B, basement. Or D, slay, bitch. <laughs> oh, it's got to be basement. It's basement. Okay. That's the only logical Now that you one. say that, I can hear it, but I know. oh God, it's so... But to pull it out of thin air, it's kind of hard. Also, it sounds... It doesn't... I mean, I don't know what a ghost sounds like, but it sounds like <laughs> just some tired woman going, basement. <laughs> well, it could be a tired ghost. Tired ghost lady. Yeah, she might, she might sure. be exhausted. Being a ghost takes a lot. <laughs> okay, this next one is from Hauntology Productions, and oh. it's in Lock, California, and it is at the Dai Loy Gambling Hall. Okay. Uh, and it was uh, also a an opium den, opium den and brothel at one point. Yes, my um, kind of people. This was a town of Chinese immigrants. Uh, very interesting read about Locke, California. Yeah. But tell me what this ghost says. <laughs> Can I hear it again? It's kind of a whisper. Pray on the others? Pray on the others. Okay, here's some options. Is it A, what happened to you? (laughs) B, that cat made me throw up. (laughs) C, the hashtag YOLO. (laughs) Or D, where's Kathy and Hoda? Okay, I have to hear this again. What were your first two? What happened to you? Or that cat made me throw up. Is, is it what happened it to you? Let's hear it. 
it is what happened to you. But it's there's like something, and it almost it sounds like it almost sounds like what happened to Tina Yothers. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know who that is? I don't. She was. <laughs> I was like, if you know who that is, you've done a deep dive. She was on that show Family Ties with <laughs> Michael <laughs> Michael J. Fox. She played the youngest daughter. I mean, the youngest sister. Well, maybe the ghost died not knowing what happened to her. And what did I that, don't what know what happened. What, to I, Tina that's Yothers. a valid question. I don't know what happened to Tina Yothers. I think it's. <laughs> I think it sounds like where's Kathy and Hoda? It, yeah, when you, I absolutely sounds like that. But I was like, there's no way the ghost would say that. There's no way anyone would say that. Nobody wants them back together. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's all the ghosting for today. Oh, my God. Uh, what, what's going on? You've got your show. Yes. If if you're in L.A., I'm doing my new solo show. It's called Happy Birthday, And it's Doug. incredible. And thank you've you. never seen a solo show like Drew Drogi's solo oh, show. Oh, honey, thank you. It's really – It's uh, I play nine characters. I'm playing nine gay men at a birthday party at a wine bar in Silver Lake. I play a ghost in yes. the show. One of my characters is, is a ghost. And it's at the Celebration Theater in September. It's going to be on Saturdays at 8 and Sundays at 7. And you can get tickets on celebrationtheater.com if you're in L.A. And if you're in New York in the spring, I'm doing it in 2020, in February of 2020. I'm opening at the Soho Playhouse on the off-Broadway stage. And that's where you did Bright Colors and Bold Patterns, too, right? Yeah, Yeah. Amazing. So um, I'll be doing that in, in New York next year. Love it! Yay! Well, thank you so much for listening. Please join the Facebook group, Ghosted by Roz Dresveless. Find me on Instagram, at Roz Dresveless. I'm on uh, Cameo, at Roz Dresveless, Twitter, Facebook, all those things. Make sure you buy tickets to the live show, which is October 19th at the world-famous Cavern Club Celebrity Theater at Casita del Campo here in Los Angeles. I am recording some more episodes this week, and we have got some good stories coming at you. So make sure you are subscribed. Give us a five-star review if you can, a five-star rating. Leave us a nice review. It's a great way to give me a ghost story, or you can leave it in the Facebook group, or you can email me, ghostedbyroz at gmail.com. And you know what? It's Halloween time, so tell your friends about this podcast. Um, I can't wait. Halloween is coming up, so let's get spooky. I love you all, both living and dead. But if I didn't ask you to haunt me, don't haunt me. Okay, bye! A podcast network.